Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Philosophy of Fitness podcast, episode number 82. My name is Haley, and I'm going to be your host today and every single day that you are tuning in, my friends. This is the last official episode of 2022, which is crazy. I think I had maybe 12 episodes this year that I published, or 13. I think it's something around there. Um, I didn't post as many episodes this year as I did in the past, but I am still super grateful for uh, everybody that tunes in and supports the podcast. I was looking at my uh, Spotify wraps the other day, and I have my phone out because I am going to be using it during this episode, and there were some pretty cool stats from it. I'm trying to remember um, what it was showing me, but uh, I think it said that I had a 66% increase in followers, so um, I'm grateful for everybody that, you know, has stuck around for this journey and been a part of the experience. And I know I didn't have that many guests this year, but one of my intentions for the new year is to have some more guests on. Uh, TikTok really kind of took center stage for me this year. So I'm hoping in the new year, I can kind of find a healthy balance between the two and uh, devote some more time to this podcast. But yeah, today we're going to be diving into uh, sobriety. I'm celebrating three years alcohol-free on December 31st, which is crazy. So crazy. So we're going to dive into that and also just reflecting on 2022 and kind of what I want to do moving into the new year. And I do have some tips for you guys too. I'm just going to throw in this little tangent because I just made a post about it on my Instagram today um, of why I don't like New Year's resolutions. And I think they're a scam. And I think they actually might be the thing that's preventing you from getting where you're trying to go. So there's a few reasons that I don't particularly like New Year's resolutions. And the first one is they're inherently rooted in procrastination if you think about it. For a New Year's resolution, it has the same mentality of like, oh, um, I'm just going to start eating healthy next week or I'm going to start going to the gym uh, on Monday or like I'll start on Monday. It's like that mentality of always putting something off and failing to embody the present moment and take advantage of the present moment. And I think that's a huge reason why people fall off so much is that they build up January 1st as this huge thing in their head and that they're going to, they set all these crazy goals for themselves without having a clear trajectory of how to get there. And then they get disappointed in themselves when like 10, 15, 20 days rolls around and they're already falling off the bandwagon. I think it's because we've kind of been collectively brainwashed into this mentality that like just because it's January 1st, we have to have this entire like giant list of goals that we're trying to achieve. And it really breaks my heart that so many people don't stick with them. And I think if people approached it differently with a different perspective, they'd have a lot more success in terms of actually reaching their goals. So for me, the biggest thing for me is presence, right? I think presence is a superpower. I think being in the present moment is a superpower. And if you put resolutions on a pedestal, you're essentially putting things into the future, right? You're focusing all of your energy and intention into a future goal. And in doing so, it actually is subconsciously reiterating to you that you are currently not yet where you are trying to go. And when we feel that separation right between what we're trying to manifest and where where we are now that's when things get a little bit muddy and it's a lot harder to actually call them into reality so i'm not here to say that setting goals is bad that's like i don't want people to get it twisted i think setting goals is a great idea i think everyone should have something that they're working towards something that they want to accomplish eventually but what i am saying is that the way that we're going about doing that in terms of resolutions uh is not the best way And what I'll offer up to you listening to this to do instead is to set daily intentions. 
I like to think of intentions as these little bricks that like feed the goal. So if the the goal is the brick house itself, right? The intention, a daily intention is each brick that you're laying each day to eventually build up and make the house. So for example, I use this example in my post, so I'm just going to use it here again. If you want to write a book, right? That's a huge goal. That can seem really daunting. And uh, if you're just focusing on that long-term goal, like I'm going to write a book. Okay, I'm going to write a book. Okay, but how are you going to get there? You have to get really clear about what exactly it is that you're going to do every single day to bridge the gap between where you are now and where you're trying to go. So rather than focusing on that huge goal of writing a book, which is like super intimidating. And again, remember when goals are too big like that, it can actually sometimes lead us to not even want to try at all because it just seems so impossible. I know I've been there before. I'm sure a lot of you out there have been there before as well. But if you look at it differently and switch it to the perspective of a daily intention, it actually becomes a lot easier to reach your goal and to digest the fact that like you're working towards something. So for that, you could say, okay, I'm going to set an intention every single day that I'm going to block out 30 minutes to write and just set that intention. And you will see over time that these little steps brick by brick to work towards the goal is what's actually going to get you there rather than trying to tackle like a giant goal (laughs) in the first month of the year. And there's actually a really good book called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy that one of my friends, Chris, actually sent to me. Chris, if you're listening, watching, thank you so much because that book is amazing. I will leave it in the description so you guys can check it out as well. But it's the same notion of the compound effect, right? Of like, if you have a goal that you're working towards, get realistic about the things you're going to have to do every single day in order for you to get there and focus on what you're doing in the moment every single day. It's not to say to like totally forget about the goal that you're working towards, but if you put most of the energy predominantly on the present moment and what you've got to offer, you have a lot more success uh, when you're trying to get there. And that's something that I've sworn by for a while, ever since I kind of really sat with the idea of New Year's resolutions and thought about it more. I'm like, you know what? This really just doesn't make sense. And kind of leading into what I want to talk about today, like even for me, when I quit drinking alcohol, I didn't wait for January 1st. December 31st was my first day sober. Like I, December 30th was the last time I drank. And I decided in that moment, I'm like, fuck it. I'm not going to wait for the new year. I'm just going to start tomorrow because I want to see where this will take me. So that's my two cents rant on um, New Year's resolutions. Not the main topic of this podcast, but something I did want to throw in there because I know it's the new year. I know a lot of us are out there uh, thinking about what we want out of 2023, reflecting on what we got out of 2022. And I certainly hope that you guys had a great year. I will say this was a crazy year for me. This was a whirlwind year. Uh, It almost felt like a Saturn return, but I'm not yet at my Saturn return. At least I'm not 100% sure. But if I had to imagine what a Saturn return would feel like, I feel like it would be this year. I went through a lot of hard lessons this year. Uh, I moved across the country. I think most of you guys know that by now. I had a bad, you know, experience with losing a loved one that was really, really traumatic and kind of led me into another dark night of the soul, another low place. And, um, and I've emerged out of that with, uh, I don't know how to say it, just like a different, um, different lens on, on the world and and life experience in general. I think sometimes, um, really, really devastating experiences like that can sort of shape you and, and lead you further into self-exploration. And I think that's definitely what happened for me. But I mean, this has been such an amazing year. I've been so blessed, so tremendously blessed in so many ways. And I'm so grateful for 
uh, the audience that I have, guys, I literally, I remember back in December of last year, I wrote on my mirror manifesting, like, I want to reach 50,000 followers on TikTok. And I hit that goal. And I'm like, I am so grateful for everyone on TikTok because um, if you guys don't follow me on there yet, please go ahead and follow. I share a lot about manifestation, mindset, spirituality, uh, sobriety too here and there. And I just, I really try to use the platform to spread knowledge and things that I've learned and to try to help people out there really tap into the best version of themselves too. So I'm so happy that I have uh, such a beautiful audience of, of people. Um, and I really, I'm eternally grateful for the support that I have there. But yeah, I mean, it, it was a crazy year, you know, it was, it was a really crazy year. And that being said, uh, it's also my third year without alcohol. And I, it's so crazy because it doesn't feel like it's been three years. I, I really don't feel like it's been that long. Like I remember back when the pandemic first started. So like I, so I stopped drinking December 31st, 2019. That was my first day that I was like, okay, I'm going to see where it takes me. And I actually started my journey as a dry January. I had no intention of doing this for life. I had no intention of this, like turning into something, um, that, that it would, that it has turned into, into. And even in just 30 days, I, I felt like my skin was clearing up. I didn't have to deal with hangover anxiety or anxiety as a lot of us call it, which I can do a whole nother episode on anxiety because that's something that I had a lot of experience with. And, um, it's crippling. It, it really sucks. And just like the shame and the guilt that comes with, you know, drinking and some of the decisions that you make with drinking. So I didn't have any of that that I was dealing with, like no hangovers. And I was just like, wow, I feel so good. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to continue to do this. And I'm just going to kind of see where it takes me. And I, I will say too, for anyone out there, I'm going to get into the questions that some of you guys asked. But um, something that I will say is that in the start, I was very uncomfortable with sharing with people that I had decided not to drink. Because I do think there was an internal turning point for me where I realized, okay, I really just don't have interest in alcohol anymore, like at all. And I'm going to stick with this. But I was kind of afraid to, to tell people out of a fear of what they would think of me or make assumptions about me and kind of like judge me for not drinking. But at the time I had a job uh, at a fitness studio and we were doing a challenge for the new year. And so when somebody would ask me why I wasn't drinking, I would just use the excuse of, oh, you know, I'm doing this uh, transformation challenge. So I'm just, you know, really trying to stick to my goals. And nobody really thought anything about it. And um, and that's what kind of got me through like the first few months. And then I think the other thing too that made it easier for me was this was during the pandemic, right? So it was like January, February, it was just two months where I was like living normal life. Um, and like the social pressure of like going out, whatever, and, uh, using that excuse and it kind of like got me through. And then I think it was like, I don't know if it was like, it honestly could have been February that things closed down. I'm trying to remember. It was either February or March, but in any event, once things closed down, like you guys know, we all lived through this. Like there was no social pressure to drink anymore because there was no going out. There were no bars. There were no house parties. Like we literally couldn't do anything. And so I think in a sense, it made it a lot easier for me at that time to kind of stick to not drinking because I didn't face that pressure. And I know for a lot of people, it was the inverse because, you know, the stress of just the collective uh, situation of the world kind of pushed people. But for me, I was more so 
uh, a social drinker. And so like I would use that. That was like my security blanket of like when I would go out or hang out with people to kind of just like ease social anxiety, I think, to an extent. And also just to like fit in because it was what everybody else was doing. Um, So I was definitely a social drinker. I was also a gray area drinker, which if you guys don't know what that is, it's basically like drinking between two extremes. So like I said before, I was never the kind of person that you know, had to have a, a glass of wine every night or uh, drank a little bit every day. That was never that was never me. I was never really interested in, you know, drinking by myself alone at home. Like that was never my vibe. Um, but when I would go out and I would drink, I would drink to excess and I would drink to an extreme. And that cycle would just continue like that was pretty much all of my college years. I mean, it was that cycle. And then that even followed me into the corporate world. I noticed that that drinking culture was just as prevalent, if not more, in... Um... Oh, what just happened? Okay. And that cycle actually followed me through from college into the corporate world. And I realized that drinking culture was just as prevalent, if not more prevalent in... Uh, the business world and in the corporate world, like you had happy hours and boozy brunches and going out, you know, after work and holiday parties and even like drinking in the office. It was kind of just like such such a part of the culture and so ingrained in the culture that like that's how you unwind and that's how you relax. Um, so I kind of fell in that trap for a while. But um, that's why I said I think the pandemic actually made it a lot easier for me to um, to not drink because that pressure just wasn't there. And then I was feeling so good. I was I was getting into really good shape, like just feeling like I could do so much more in the gym. I felt like my mind was so much clearer. Like I said, anxiety had gone down tremendously. And it wasn't until the six month mark that I started to feel called to to share my experience because when I first decided to stop drinking, I I was alone in this. I, I came to this conclusion myself. I sat with myself for a while and said, you know what? Alcohol is just not serving me anymore. Um, and I don't I don't think I want it to be a part of my life anymore. And at that point, I was not aware of the options for support that there are when you're trying to change your relationship with alcohol. I assumed it was just like AA, rehab, or you're on your own. I had no idea that there were so many like sober curious, sober and dry communities all over social media of people that were in the same position that were just ready to change their relationship with alcohol and didn't necessarily have... Uh, an addiction that needed the treatment of AA or just people that didn't resonate with what AA had to offer or, you know, uh, typical programs for recovery. So um, at first I had no idea about any of that. And then, you know, a few months in, I did start to stumble upon people on Instagram. I remember one day I just started searching. I'm like, let me search like alcohol free and people that don't drink alcohol anymore. Cause I'm kind of curious because there's so much stigma around the word sober, right? I feel like it's such a heavy word. So back then I was like, well, I wonder if anyone out there is just like, I don't drink anymore because I just choose not to. And lo and behold, once I searched that and I found that, I was like, wow, there's so many other people out there. And that's how I stumbled upon A Thousand Hours Dry. That was one of the first pages I found. I'm going to tag them in the description. Uh, Reframe soon after, which I actually work for now, which is such a blessing. And um, we can get into that more later. But um, yeah, I mean, it was just so cool to know that I wasn't alone and I saw other people sharing their stories and it really empowered me and made me feel less alone and also made me feel empowered to to share my journey of my story because I knew that like 
I knew that if I was seeing these other people out there, that if, if I were to share it, there's definitely people out there that are probably in the same position, but maybe they're too afraid to say something or maybe they feel like they're alone too. So at the six month mark, I finally made a big announcement and that, that I wasn't drinking anymore. And I was so afraid to even make that post. I remember thinking to myself, oh God, what is everyone going to think of me? Are people going to judge me? Like what's going to happen? And, um, to my surprise, it was the exact opposite. I received such an overwhelming outpour of support when I announced my decision and it really blew me away. And I actually had a lot of people messaging me saying, hey, I, I've been going through something similar or I've been sober for X amount of time or I'm so glad you shared this because I felt the same way. And in seeing those answers and seeing people reach out to me, I knew that like, okay, I should be sharing this this part of myself and part of my journey because I know so many other people are probably experiencing something similar. So um, yeah, it's kind of just all like evolved from there and unfolded into this beautiful journey that has quite literally changed my life in, in every single area of my life. I'm not exaggerating when I say that. Um, my life has improved mentally, spiritually, emotionally, um, financially like every single area of my life has improved from that decision that I made that night at that Zed concert to stop drinking like it's crazy to think about it's really crazy to think about and I'm so grateful now and like I was saying earlier it's led me to things that I never thought I never thought would even happen like now I I'm so honored to be working for reframe and if you guys aren't familiar reframe is an amazing app it helps people change their relationship with alcohol whether you're looking to quit or to cut back and um, that just kind of like unfolded in the most serendipitous way possible so I'm so grateful uh, for the journey. It's definitely not without its challenges. I will say that, especially when things get, uh, when get hard. And this year had a lot of, um, challenges for me to face. And, um, I think they were tests, you know, like tests of, uh, of willpower. And I'm not someone that really gets like cravings ever. I really don't, but you know, sometimes life gets in the way and, 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 challenges you and kind of pressures you but you've got to remember how far you've come so that's like a synopsis of my uh journey to where I am so I do want to get to some of your questions um that you guys were asking I I will keep the askers anonymous um because I did say that I would do that so I just want to go over a couple of questions that some of you guys had um so all right let's see what we got here like I said I'm going to keep these anonymous um, the first thing says, firstly, congratulate, first thing, first person says, firstly, congratulations. Do people still offer you alcohol, although, uh, they know you don't drink anymore? So, um, yes and no. So people that know me very well, like I'm very outspoken about this, as you guys can tell, I would not be sitting here making a podcast episode and, uh, sharing my journey with everyone on the internet if I, if I were not comfortable with it or speaking about it. And I'm super open about it. I'm very upfront about it with, with anyone that I'm with. Um, I'm super upfront about it, but people that, uh, that know me, but don't like necessarily know me super well. This has happened before. And this actually did happen to me recently at a party. And I will say, even though it's been three years for me, there is still that little moment of like, this is kind of uncomfortable, um, especially if somebody keeps kind of probing at you like, oh, why not? Why not? And it's like, oh, you know, I don't drink. Um, and it's not that you even owe anyone an explanation. I think it's just like, 
I, I don't know. For me personally, I'd be curious to see what anybody else who's who's uh, alcohol free or sober thinks about this. But like if you don't know the person well and they're kind of like pressing you about it, uh, it can get a little uncomfortable. But that being said, even when I've experienced like people pressing me about it, um, they respect my decision 100 percent. I have never once had someone in real life. Uh, come up to me and like peer pressure me or try to like force me to have a drink. I've never had that experience. Now, the caveat to that is that people online, trolls online have no shame in, uh, you know, trying to kind of talk you down, which honestly just comes with the territory. It's just a part of what happens when you put yourself out there, which I have no problem with really. I mean, it's it's kind of silly, you know, they're just saying it behind a screen. But um, in terms of real life, um, no, I like I said, almost everyone, well, everyone in my life knows that I don't drink and I'm super outspoken about it. The other thing I will say too is um, when it comes to like dating, that's something I'm very upfront about. Like that's like what, one of the first things that I say, like I'll say it in my profile. I think I, I made an episode a while ago where I was talking about sober dating. Um, but like one of the first things I say is like, I don't drink because that's something that's a really big deal to me. And I prefer to be upfront about that. And I would rather uh, someone know that right away. And I would also rather someone know like, hey, I'm not a drinker. So I don't really want to be with someone who's boozing it every weekend and like getting trashed, you know, Um which is like, whatever, if you want to do it, that's fine. But like for me at this stage of my life, that's not something that I'm interested in. But it's not to say that I have uh, an issue with people drinking. I don't mind if people drink. I'm comfortable being around it within reason. Uh, like I said, if, I, if I'm if i with people that I know and that I trust, uh, it's totally cool. I don't mind it at all. But if it's like a setting where I'm in a crowded bar and I like barely know the people, that's, <laughs> that's literally hell on earth to me. Like I would have no interest in that. Um, and that's just me. And that's not to say like, oh, I'm better than everyone else here because I'm not drinking. It's just because like I would literally be so uncomfortable in that situation being the almost only sober person and also like not really knowing anyone. So I just kind of avoid that altogether. Um, It's not really something I'm interested in. So that's that question. All right, let's see what the next one is. Uh, Okay, here's the next question. Congrats. I am at 32 days. Congrats to you. I'm not going to say your name, but you know who you are if you're listening. How do you break the association to want to drink around certain friends? So this is a really good question. Um, break the association to drink around certain friends. So I think this comes down to a couple of different things. If these are people, you have to kind of like sit with yourself and ask yourself this question. And it's a tough one because this is going to lead into another question that somebody had asked. Are these friends that you're feeling pressured to drink with? Are they people that you only hang out with when you're drinking? If the answer to that is yes, then you've got some exploring to do because if they're people that you only associate when everyone is just drinking alcohol, what is that? What does that friendship look like when alcohol isn't in the picture? And what do you guys have in common? And what do you guys bond over uh, when drinking isn't a part of the equation? Uh, because I, I had to reevaluate a lot of the friendships that I had in my life, and unfortunately, I kind of came to a realization that a lot of them were really just centered around alcohol, and we really didn't have that much in common. And some people fell off, honestly. Once I announced that I was not drinking anymore. And that kind of made me sad, but it also made me realize, okay, well, if you were only friends with me because you wanted to drink with me and didn't really care about anything else, then how much of a friend uh, were you really? So that's something else I'll take into, uh, I would 
suggest to you, I'm trying to think of what the phrasing was that you said here, uh, break the association. So the other way that you can do this too is, um, getting comfortable with setting boundaries. That has been a huge theme for me this year uh, of, of 2023, especially with not drinking is getting more comfortable with saying no and getting comfortable with setting boundaries. So if your friends respect you in the very least, and you are upfront with them, like, Hey, I'm not drinking right now. I'll bring a mocktail. I'll have my own option, but like, please respect my decision. If they don't respect that, like get new friends. I'm serious because anyone who actually values you as a person should respect your decision and you shouldn't feel like you have to owe them an explanation for why you're not drinking right now. So if you are in those situations where you're hanging out with people that drink and the friendship is more than just like drinking together, have options. I can't stress this enough. Bring a non-alcoholic option. Bring something. I know a lot of people early on in their sober journeys aren't comfortable with... um, uh, spiritless alternatives. I know at first I was uncomfortable with that and I totally get it. Um, you know, it can be triggering for some people, but if you're at a point where you're ready for that, like just have an option. I actually find that so often it's just like the act of holding something in your hands to just make you feel comfortable. Like it doesn't even matter what it is. If it's a red solo cup, like who's going to care what's in your cup? As long as you just like have something there. I know it sounds crazy, but for me, just like the act of holding something kind of can help uh, alleviate any social anxiety. And I'll also say too, cause this is, uh, something I never really realized, but like whenever I bring mocktails or any options to a party, people are always like, Oh my God, what is that? That looks so cool. Like, let me try that. Um, and it actually becomes kind of like a conversation starter. So you'll never know where it'll take you, but, um, definitely be prepared with your own options if you are going to see them and don't be afraid to speak up for yourself. If there's an event coming up ahead of time, just kind of let them know what's going on. I think that's that's honestly your best bet. Somebody else said their first full year alcohol-free and loving it. Congrats to you. That is amazing. Um, okay, this next question is kind of uh, similar to what I was just saying. Thoughts and opinions on alcohol subs. Do we tend to the current habit or replace it entirely? Mm. Now, that one, this is like something that I think is is a case by case basis because different people have different needs and different people have different triggers and things that will kind of help them get through. Um, For me, I can only speak from my experience. As I mentioned earlier, I was very uncomfortable by the idea of like a non-alcoholic alternative, like an alcohol-free wine or like spiritless, um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the brands out there. Like spiritless is a brand. Um, But, you know, some of those like non-alcoholic beverages that kind of like mimic the real thing, I found them triggering early on. So I just like didn't partake in those in any way. Um, But again, it depends on what your relationship with alcohol was, A, and B, what your intention is with trying to change your relationship with alcohol. So um, I think, like I said, as a general rule of thumb, it's always a good idea to have an option if you're going to a party like a, a a wedding or like any kind of get together like look at the venue ahead of time see what kind of options they have if they don't have something that caters to what you're looking for bring your own option I know it can be kind of a hassle but it can actually save you a lot of like social anxiety and um, uncomfortable feelings in the long run if you do have an option set aside for yourself. So it's kind of a case-by-case basis. I personally, at this point in time, I have no problem with uh, alcohol subs or um, NA beverages. I think they're awesome. I think they're really fun and you can get really creative with them and making mocktails, like I said. Um, it's, It's really cool to kind of like experiment with them, but I do also totally get if somebody's not comfortable with them. So um, I would say, you know, take it, take it step by step. Like 
if if you're not at a place like if you're at a place where if you have an a wine and it's going to trigger you to drink regular wine like maybe don't do that um but i guess kind of see how it feels for you um i hope that sort of answers that i know there's a whole there's a whole other tangent with this too about people saying that um bars should should have more like spiritless options and na options available for people and that i absolutely agree with i think there's a common misconception uh with people that if you don't drink alcohol like if you go out to a bar you you can just drink a cup of like uh sprite or something but it's like that's not really the point like you you still want to be able to ha- like have fun and participate in the fun and i do think that um na options should be available uh at at bars and clubs for people who choose not to drink but also just don't want to have like a glass of milk when they're going out so um yeah i would say just kind of like see see how it feels for you only you can answer that question for yourself if you feel comfortable with it or not and if if it's a long haul thing like it was like it and it is for me it may take time for you to get to that point of where you're comfortable with it all right next question here did you lose friends after becoming sober uh yes i did um and i think this is something that not a lot of people talk about enough and it's kind of one of those things about the journey that's unfortunate but also aligns you closer to where you're meant to be when you do something like that when you change your life in such a drastic way like becoming sober it can sometimes irritate the people around you or leave them confused or leave them kind of like what's going on like why are you doing this or even just like slowly fade out of your life. That's what happened for me is that when I stopped drinking, uh, people slowly faded away. And it's it's unfortunate. It's really sad. But at the same time, I kind of sat with myself and was like, wow, all the times we hung out, like we were drunk. There was not a single time that we hung out and we were just like sober having fun. Like, And so once I had that realization, I think it was a two-way street. Like I distanced myself from people. I also early on, uh, like the first year, I I distanced myself from situations that I knew would make me very uncomfortable with people that I was really good friends with. And it wasn't in any way to be mean to them or to be offensive to them. But I just like had to protect my energy in, in that place of time. And I just knew that if I were going to be in that environment, like people that I would use, I would drink very heavily with. And like, that was what we would kind of like have fun over. I had to take a step back and say, okay, I can't, I can't put myself in this position just yet. I'm not ready to be there. And I want anyone out there who's watching this or feeling like they're ready to change their relationship with alcohol and kind of worried about that social pressure. I do think it's normal to feel uncomfortable at first. It absolutely is, especially if alcohol was such a big part of your social life, like it was for me. Having that stripped away, but everyone else still participating in it uh, can feel really strange. And it can take a lot of time for you to uh, get comfortable to be around those people again when you don't have alcohol in the picture. But I think the, the more you are confident in your decision and the longer you've kind of sat with it, the easier it gets. That's not to say it's it's not like still challenging for me at times it definitely is but i can say now at this point in time i'd be way more comfortable in a social setting like that um, where i know that people can fully respect my decision but i'm more so referring to a period of time where i wasn't i don't like using the word out but like i just don't know what other word to use for it before i had fully kind of told everyone in my life like hey i'm not drinking anymore i don't want to be a part of this 
But long story short, yes, um, I did lose friends. And it's sad, you know, it's kind of like mourning a, a, an older version of yourself or like a past skin of yourself that you've shed. But um, in losing some of those friends, I've also made amazing new friendships with people that are so aligned with my lifestyle and where I'm heading now. And, and I'm so thankful for that. And no hate to anyone that I have kind of distanced myself from uh, over the past few years. It's kind of just like part of the process. And, um, you know, it's like, like I said, if if alcohol is the center of everything in a friendship, take a closer look at it and ask yourself, what would this friendship be like if alcohol wasn't in the picture? Because that's something I had to sit with for a while and, and, and realize um, who was really in my corner and, and who kind of wasn't. So um, I don't say this to discourage anyone because I don't want anyone to be discouraged from like changing their relationship with alcohol, but just know that that is something that could happen. And also um, don't shrink yourself, right? Don't go back to your old ways just because you want to win someone over again. If you are making a change for yourself and you're taking your power back and prioritizing your mental and your physical health, do not ever feel ashamed for doing that. And don't let anyone ever make you feel like you're doing something wrong or that you're abandoning them. That's their shit to work out if they have a problem with you changing your relationship with alcohol. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, let's see what else here. Um, okay, this is this is the last question I'm going to do. How do I help my sister realize she has a serious problem with alcohol? Hmm. All right. So this one's difficult because I, again, I can only speak from personal experience. Um, it, 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 you have to be the one that, that wants to change yourself. It doesn't matter how many times something outside of you or someone outside of yourself will tell you, you have to make a change. There were plenty of times throughout my college career and even early in my early 20s where I had a lot of moments uh, where people around me told me I needed to stop and it was bad and I was headed down a bad path and I didn't care because at that point in time, my mind was not focused on making a change. I genuinely did not care and I didn't see any consequence of it. But you cannot force someone to change. It has to come from them. Like I said, it came from me sitting with myself after a while and realizing, hey, alcohol is not serving me in any capacity. This has got to go. And if it doesn't, like... I don't, I don't, I'm not going to like the path that I'm heading down. Um, so you can't force someone to change, unfortunately, but you can love them through the process and try to kind of set an example for them. Um, I know it's really hard, especially if you have a loved one who's kind of struggling and also don't be afraid to find resources that can maybe help you, um, in, in helping them. And I don't know how receptive, uh, that person would be to kind of changing. But like I said, if somebody is not willing to change themselves, it's going to be extremely hard to try to force them to change. Um, you know, no matter what you say to them, no matter what you do, if they don't have an internal desire uh, to fix things or to see to see how negatively their current lifestyle could be affecting them, they're probably not going to be willing to change. So I know it's unfortunate, but I think especially with something like alcohol, um, you really, it really has to come from you. There's really no amount of anything that anyone else could say to force you to that. It's a, it's a realization I think you have to come to on your own terms and when you're ready. And for some people, it takes something really drastic and devastating for that realization to happen. For other people, it's a gradual realization. And then for some, it's just kind of a decision on a whim. 
Um, for me, it was a gradual realization. And I actually, before that last night that I drank, before December 30th, I I had a few months where I was kind of like toying with the idea of getting rid of alcohol. I kind of just had this intuitive feeling that it wasn't serving me. And I sat with that idea for a while. And then, like I said, that night, I finally just had that epiphany of like, why am I doing this? I'm like going through the motions right now. It's not even fun. So um, it's hard. It's very hard trying to get someone else to change. But um, I'm going to leave some links in the description to some resources that you can find that can potentially help you. And uh, don't be afraid to reach out, you know, to uh, to people that are in a similar position to you, you know, see what see what your family member would be receptive to. Also, have a have a tough conversation with her if that's what you feel called to do. If you feel like she'd be open and receptive to that change. If not, um, there's really not much you can do other than lead by example. Maybe if you yourself are looking to change your relationship with alcohol and they see how well you're doing and how much you're thriving, that could inspire them. But at the end of the day, I think it ultimately has to come from within uh, that motivation to make that change. So that is all I have for this uh, episode today, guys. I am wishing you all the best New Year's you could ever possibly have. I'm wishing you all health, wealth, success, happiness, abundance, love, joy, adventure, whatever it is that your heart desires. And I just want to thank you all again for supporting the show and for for being here on this journey. And if you have any questions, you know, let me know. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on TikTok. Uh, I'd be happy to help if you have more questions about this uh, sobriety stuff too, or the sober curious movement in general let me know. But that is it, my friends. I'm sending you all my love. Thank you for tuning in. And I'm going to say that cheesy line. I will see you next year. All right. Bye.